Well, hello, everybody. Um, Welcome back to On the Road Again, the latest Nerds and Beyond podcast focusing on the Winchesters, um, the prequel to Supernatural. My name is Jules. I am a content assistant and editor here at Nerds and Beyond. I'm Kennedy. I'm an editor and writer over here at Nerds and Beyond. And I'm Brianna, and I'm also an editor and writer. So this week, we are going to be talking about the Men of Letters, um, which is a group that was pretty important part of the original show, especially in the back half of the show, I would say. Um, it gave the Winchesters their first kind of real home base um, in the bunker. Um, it gave us a lot of information about their background that we didn't previously have. Um, and it's going to be the dominant plot point in the Winchesters. Um, it's going to be John looking for information about the Men of Letters and searching for his father. Um, which is the most obvious canon deviation so far, because as far as we knew from the original show, John wasn't supposed to know really about the men of letters or about hunting in general. So that's going to kind of be the biggest difference um, with the Winchesters. And it's going to be interesting to see how they negotiate that. But we thought this week we would take kind of a deep dive into the men of letters, who they are, what their goals were, um, and how it's going to fit into the Winchesters. So first up, we thought we would just gather some information and talk about what we knew about the Men of Letters pre-Sam and Dean. So from the scant knowledge that we do have, that's kind of peppered in among different episodes. We learned that members were supposedly ordained through the paternal line, which we see when Henry is talking about how John would have been roped in uh, if you know, Henry had made it through his mission and gone on to live his life as he planned it to. But this also could have just been how it appeared, because as we also know, there weren't that many female members. Uh, Josie Sands was one of the only female initiates. We also know that the Men of Letters, the American chapter anyway, went mostly defunct in 1958. Actually, it mostly died out after the entire Abaddon massacre with Henry and Josie's initiation. And the only known living elder was Larry Ganim, who Sam and Dean ended up visiting and eventually got the key to the bunker from. But Abaddon ended up killing him around the time that Sam and Dean got their hands on said bunker key. We also know from a couple of different stray comments that the Men of Letters did work with uh, the American hunters, but they did kind of have a hierarchy. They tended to view these hunters as lesser than So the hunters were kind of the men of letters, boots on the ground. And according to Cuthbert Sinclair, also known as Magnus, who we see in a couple different episodes, uh, the men of letters don't actually do a lot of the dirty work most of the time, even though it's kind of an initiation ritual of sorts, as again, we see with the initiation of Henry and Josie. But lots and lots of characters actually end up describing the men of letters as men of inaction, They were kind of the stewards of knowledge, but they didn't really take direct action very often. And this is proven in tidbits when we learn that the Men of Letters knew about angels, they knew about the Knights of Hell, Atlantis, random things like that soul eaters could be killed with a certain sigil. But in other respects, they also had limited knowledge, like they had absolutely nothing on the Mark of Cain. They didn't really know how to stop the Knights of Hell. They didn't have the correct story of how the Knights of Hell mostly went extinct things like that. And another big point that we honestly know the most about is the bunkers. So obviously the main bunker, Sam and Dean's home base is in Lebanon, Kansas, but we actually do get to know that there are smaller bases and smaller chapter houses across America. 
And this is shown in episodes like The Werther Project, uh, where we get to see the St. Louis, Missouri bunker, which was more of a house. And um, that is season 10, episode 19. And another episode where another chapter house is uh, explicitly shown, excuse me, is in season 13, episode 17, The Thing, in which they go to the Rhode Island Portsmouth chapter in Newport Country, Rhode Island. Uh, We also find out in the Werther Project when Sam is looking up the address for the St. Louis, Missouri chapter house, we see in a notebook that there are a couple of different chapter houses across the country that we never really get more information on. We just know they kind of exist floating out there in the ether. One is in Canton, Mississippi. One is in Missoula, Montana. One is in Roswell, New Mexico. That was where the frame cut off. So there's possibly more out there. Who knows? There's obviously one that we don't know about that. we will be encountering in the Winchesters at some point from the looks of the trailer. And we also know that the main bunker went into standby mode when we had the episode featuring Mrs. Butters. And we do now know that after nobody came home from the massacre after Henry and Josie's initiation, the bunker went into standby mode and it wasn't truly reactivated until uh, Dean kind of accidentally rebooted it in 2020. One last thing that we do get a bit of information on uh, throughout the show is the organization's origins. We don't really know when the Men of Letters started, but we do know that its main rise to prominence and power is actually tied in with witchcraft, which we learn about from uh, Rowena. We learned a lot about that in season 10. So it turns out that the Men of Letters got a lot of their knowledge from uh, basically raiding the Grand Coven, which is why they were kind of so weak when we do encounter them in the later on seasons. Um, In season 10, episode 16, Paint It Black, we learned that the Men of Letters used uh, political influence back in the day to rile up the church, which ended up with a lot of the Grand Coven being burned at the stake and being driven into hiding. And a lot of the artifacts and the knowledge that they got uh, was taken from the Grand Coven and then they kind of distributed distributed it, excuse me, across uh, all the bunkers for safekeeping. And then in season 10, episode 19, the Werther Project aforementioned, Rowena does tell uh, Sam and Dean that the Men of Letters took the codex for the Book of the Damned from a Grand Coven witch that uh, the Men of Letters actually murdered and her name was Nadia. So Nadia, excuse me. I think what's so interesting about kind of knowing that the men of letters took a lot of their knowledge from witches and from covens is that with the Winchesters, we already know that the occult is going to play a huge role. Um, We have a character played by Demetria McKinney, who literally runs essentially like a bookstore for the occult. Um, So I have to think that witchcraft is going to come back into this in a big way. And how interesting is it that, you know, John is out there looking for the men of letters is looking for this organization when you have somebody who knows an awful lot about witchcraft and about the occult um, that we're going to hopefully be seeing. John is not going to be that far removed from the men of letters as like Sam and Dean are generationally. So I'm wondering if they're just going to stumble on the bunker or like Sam and Dean, are they going to find someone who used to be part of the men of letters and sort of get their, their backstory that way and sort of bring them up to speed much quicker than we were thinking. The trailer makes it look like they literally like stumble into it. It like looks they like kind they're of in the it. sewer when they were like running. Yeah. Um, but 
that could just be how they want us to perceive it in the trailer. You never know. They're tricky like that. So that's true. That's true. But it does kind of seem like the journey to find the men of letters is going to kind of take up a lot of time. So I don't know that they're going to get all that information right away. Cause it's also like, we don't know exactly how long the season is. We can assume it's between 13 to 18 episodes. Cause that just seems to be what the CW is ordering lately. I mean, obviously we don't know for sure what that's going to look like, but if it's 13 episodes or 18 episodes, you still have to stretch that story pretty far. <laughs> like you have to be able to have them with some kind of overarching thing. And if he literally finds out like where the men of letters are based and everything about them within like the 45 minute pilot episode, then it's kind of like, okay, what's next? So I have to think that we're going to, that that's going to be drawn out a little bit more, but I do think it's interesting that they find the bunker so early because they do stumble if into it, is, it in, quote the, unquote, in the pilot. The bunker. A bunker somewhere. A bunker. A bunker. <laughs> I'm not convinced so. it's the bunker. It's definitely not it our looks bunker. small. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be some smaller offshoot that we don't know about. I mean, it's going to be interesting just to see how it ties into the narrative, because kind of like we were talking about, and we'll go into a little bit more detail, certainly later in this episode, and then also in our deep dive into John, there's so much that the show was kind of like, yeah, John had no idea about any of this. And within the three minute trailer that we got, we have John talking about the men of letters openly as something that he's aware of, and that he's aware that his father was involved with them. He's met a hunter. He's seen a demon get ganked in front of him. He's met Carlos. He's met all these people who are openly talking about their hunting existence and like what they do for a living. It's not like they're keeping it from him in any way, shape or form. So what's going to be fascinating is to see how they kind of reconcile that with a John in our show who truly had no idea about that stuff, or at least that we knew of, you know, that, that we were shown. One possibility I have been floating around in my head is that they like John and Mary were just lying this entire time about always not knowing anything. But when you think of like what like what would they gain from that at that point? So I think that's also an avenue that could be explored later on down the line. But of course, everyone's motivations are very much up in the air at the moment, as is how much everyone knows. So. Yeah, I could see John knowing of the men of letters, but only in the capacity of his mother saying, hey, your father used to be in this thing. Then he disappeared and sort of maybe blaming it on his involvement with that as to why he left. And so that's the extent of his knowledge is the men of letters are the reason my father left. We hate them. And like that's as far as it goes for him until he starts looking into it. Yeah, it also could have been just like reframed as, you know, in a non-supernatural occult related light. It was just he was in this thing, like you said, this very inane team thing that ultimately led him to run away. So that's that's an interesting point. And because in this show, we're seeing Millie, who we knew almost nothing about on the original show, aside from literally her name, her name. And and we don't know what Millie knew. We don't know how much knowledge she had and what she chose to tell John about his father's disappearance. You know, like what was the story that she was telling him and was it the true story or was it what she believed to be true? You know, we don't know yet. So that's all something that we can definitely explore like on the actual show. And obviously I think Henry Winchester is going to be a huge, huge, huge part of the Winchester story. And that's going to be an interesting thing to see how they deal with him on this show. Cause obviously for 
for this to work with original canon, I don't think that you can see Henry Winchester, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm terrible at the time travel stuff. <laughs> but I don't know that you can actually have Henry show up on the Winchesters, right? I don't think so, because, okay, all the events of, you know, the whole Henry gets sent back in time, time traveling, massacre, all of the men of letters disappear, everyone's brutally slaughtered. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. Everybody's <laughs> yada, yada, brutally yada, slaughtered. Whatever. <laughs> Is in 1958. What year does the Winchesters kick off in? 1973? Three. Three? Yeah. Okay. So I don't, unless there's just some wild twist that our our little podcast minds cannot come up with at this time. Very possible. We should not. Very possible. We should not see him. But, you know, there's always like flashbacks and... That's what I was going to say. Like nature. at most we could get flashbacks, but unless they're going to show him in his training before joining because technically even when they got slaughtered he wasn't part of the men of letters yet he no. hadn't even been initiated so he wouldn't be privy to extensive knowledge like he knew the time travel ritual thing but didn't really know the repercussions of it he didn't i think he didn't really fully understand how it worked because he seemed so shocked about sam and dean as well so unless they're going to show him dabbling with stuff before he was supposed to which he could. I mean, he's a Winchester. I would not be surprised this if that man true. broke the rules. It kind of runs in the blood. It does. That he would be doing something so, he wasn't supposed to. I guess it depends on how much they want to have Henry involved or if they're going to keep it focused more on John. I could see that being in the later seasons if they get multiple. Also, I think that something, this is kind of far-fetched, but something that's po- a possibility. Um, with John being so young here, I think it's possible that Henry's dad, if we're assuming that it is passed down through the paternal line, could still be alive in this timeline somehow somewhere unless he was also killed with everybody else at the men of letters but i think that's another way that that would probably be showing a younger henry you know maybe getting some knowledge from his dad or his mom about you know whatever was going on but that's just that's kind of far but it's a possibility who knows yeah i don't think it's like too far i I think that you know, they've kind of been dancing around with a lot of this stuff, the idea of time travel. Obviously, we know that it was happening on the original show. We know that it kind of, I think it almost has to be a part of this show. Like, obviously, nothing's confirmed that we haven't seen any summaries or anything, you know, mentioning time travel, but it just kind of seems like in order for this to work, there has to be some, like somewhere for us to be able to see things. I also think that they're very directly calling back to Henry and to things that he said and did on the original show. Like when you see in the trailer, when John turns to his mother and he's like, well, as long as there's a Winchester alive, there's hope. That's a line that's ripped directly from As Time Goes By, which is the first episode that we kind of meet Henry and figure out his whole deal with the Men of Letters. Because Henry says, you're also Winchesters. As long as we're alive, there's always hope. I didn't know my son as a man, but having met you two, I know that I would have been proud of him. So that's a direct, they just yanked that line right from that episode. So I have to think that Henry plays into this somehow. And also, you know, as much as we like to say that accidents do happen and that the show ran for 327 episodes and there's certain things that are just going to fall through the cracks, I don't think that that's a coincidence that they took that exact line that he said and gave it to John in this show. I don't. Accidents don't just happen happen accidentally. accidentally. (laughs) I can see them leaning on Millie heavily for building up the story behind Henry leaving and I could see her having said that line to John and him adapting it 
into his especially own since too. she's like such a blank slate at this Truly. point mm-hmm. like they can like do they really literally can do anything with anything her. with her they can have her know all about it they could have her having also been a hunter i mean she could have been indirectly involved in a secretary i mean they can go anywhere with that and what's almost more interesting than what john knows is what does mary know because the way that we've the way that the trailer kind of presents mary and again, we've, it's three minutes of footage. <laughs> clearly, there's more to the story. But the way that it kind of presents her is like she knows about hunting. Clearly, she is a hunter. Like she's functioning and working as a hunter. But like it kind of seems like when John's like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for my dad or I'm looking for like the men of letters. It doesn't seem like she's like, oh, yeah, I know about those guys. Like, let me help you out. Like, let, Which is interesting. Like, yeah. Which is interesting because <laughs> I uncovered, I'm so sorry to be, Jules tells me I get loud when I get excited. So if I'm yelling in your ears, listeners, I apologize. But <laughs> She's so excited about this. I found, I never noticed this before until we were looking at what had happened throughout the show f- to plan out this episode. So In Supernatural, season four, episode three, titled In the Beginning, when (laughs) Dean gets kicked back to Lawrence circa 1973, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, which is about the same year that we're entering in right now, which is also going to be interesting little time resolution thing. Maybe Dean will show up. Who knows? But he follows John and Mary and Mary ends up confronting him when, okay, I feel like I need to backpedal. He gets kicked back in time. He meets John on accident. Jules, I see you laughing at me. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Dean gets kicked back in time. He accidentally finds John. He kind of starts following him around. Incidentally meets Mary as John meets Mary. And as he tails them, Mary ends up confronting him and they fight. And Dean ends up finding out that Mary is a hunter. But when Dean is subduing her outside of the uh, building that they're kind of tussling outside, he grabs her wrist and she has this charm bracelet on and it's full of hunter symbols, which is how he finds out that she was involved. But what's really interesting is that you see the Aquarian star, which is the men of letter symbol on her bracelet. Is that, you know, just something that the writers had thrown in and decided to reuse later on? Maybe, probably, possibly, who knows? But it's uh, an interesting lead-in that could be used if we're trying to say that Mary did know about everything that was going on beforehand, which, again, from the trailer, doesn't really seem likely. But again, the trailer's three minutes long, so we don't know what's going on. But the counterpoint to that, too, is that later on in the show, in the original Supernatural, in Keep Calm and Carry On, which is in season 12, Mary kind of acts like she's surprised that the men of letters were like an actual organization. She's sort of like, oh, that was just like a myth. Like that was just like a story. Those people weren't real. So it's kind of interesting to see her with that symbol. Like, is it just like meant to be sort of like among the other hunter symbols? Like she's like, oh, this is like this defunct organization that never even existed in the first place. I mean, it certainly could be like, I don't, I hate to be this person, but it could also have been like a continuity error. You know what I mean? Like they could have literally put that symbol on her charm bracelet and been like, oh, it looks really cool. That's a great shot. And not really thought about, because obviously they were seasons away from doing anything with the men of letters that did many, 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 many seasons away in an entirely different writing team, an entirely different show running team. Like clearly that could have just been like a cool prop that they used and now kind of looking back at it you're like oh that's weird that's like a strange little like blip 
But it would be kind of cool if maybe there was some knowledge there and she's either intentionally keeping it from John for some reason or just doesn't know enough to be able to tell John an awful lot. There's there's just so many possibilities. One thing about me, I'm a clown. I'm a believe that <laughs> things are going to happen, even if it makes no, like, I'm just going to throw it out there. I think that another possibility is that the Campbells, which, you know, we're a prestigious hunting family, you know, we find out that they had like this huge, huge library um, in season six when Sam was kind of working with Samuel and the cousins and all that. Um, maybe they kind of got some of that knowledge from the Men of Letters. Maybe they were, you know, their boots on the ground they that big library just doesn't seem incidental to me i feel like with all of the resources that the men of letters were kind of hoarding it'd be weird if the campbells just had this giant repository of knowledge that was kind of just unguarded floating around in their in their hq so i don't know we and we, nobody knows i mean we know that in order to be a man of letters, part of that initiation was to go out and do some hunting. Like as much as we say that they were more like ideas, people and knowledge people than like actual hunters, like they did have to be somewhat competent as hunters in order to kind of be a man of letters. So in that vein, I would have to imagine that whether it's the Campbells or whether it's other hunters, like would have to have been aware of the men of letters because they would be out there doing cases or they would be out there kind of, even if, even if they weren't very good, they'd be stumbling into other people's cases and like mucking it up. Right. Like I would have to think that people would have known that they existed. The fact that Mary's kind of like, Oh, they're like a myth. That's kind of weird to me. Cause like I, even if, even if she said, you know, Oh yeah. Like they existed before I was like when I was very young and then like just mysteriously disappeared but for her to just be like oh no like they're straight up a myth like that's kind of an interesting an interesting little bit there i'd love for there to be some backstory that we had no idea existed that we learn of like samuel was involved with the men of letters as boots on the ground hunter and had some kind of falling out and he and henry butted heads in some weird way or you know there was some some interaction there i feel like that would be a fun little crossover what if that's Between why Samuel hates John? Samuel hates John. When you're putting ideas in my head, Brianna, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do this. Listen, I, I drew out their family <laughs> charts on my paper. And as I was doing it, I was like, Henry and Millie and Samuel and Deanna are like in the same time frame. How could they not have in this small town interacted at some point? Just saying. <laughs> I mean, so much of this so far, what the, I mean, the fun, this is what I love about like fandom just in general is like getting to have fun theories, like before episodes are out and kind of like, cause right now the possibilities are endless right now. There's nothing that we've really seen of this new show that says like, oh no, it has to be this way or it has to be that way. Or that's the solution that we've come up with. Like right now, any of us could be right. <laughs> right now, all of our theories are equally as weighty. So, I mean, I, and I mean, I feel like all of us kind of have like our like theories that are a little bit more grounded in like reality and our theories that are a little bit more out there or far-fetched. I have to assume time travel is going to play into it, whether that's via like angels or whether that's via something else. I think that th- it has to, it has to, like in order for some of this stuff to make sense. I'm honestly a proponent of the theory that they're bringing angels back somehow. Maybe that's just me being a wishful thinker, but I've the, the clip of them putting 
um them reusing the um Cass's like entry video with the bar uh, the barn in the shadow that felt the very shadow. intentional to me like I don't see knowing how this fandom is and knowing that we would recognize where that is from and knowing that we would know what implications that would have and especially since they didn't really reuse any footage from the original series yeah at like any other point that felt very intentional to me so I don't know maybe it's a misdirect maybe not but we also know like genuinely like as part of mary and john's origin story one of the things that we do absolutely know for sure is that heaven was extremely invested in getting mary and john together that in fact they kind of had to be together because of what heaven needed and what and angels were involved in making that happen and so even if you know as much as i would love to see like Cass or gabriel or any of the original like angels that we kind of knew come back I do think that there's definitely room for angels to be on the show, whether they're people we recognize or not, because that is a part of that origin story. It's a part of that myth. So they kind of have to be <laughs> like at a certain point, they do kind of have to be involved in order for this to work. At minimum, I'd love to see whatever Cupid had to be involved in like mm-hmm. getting them to like each other just because the Cupid, I know he was only in what one episode, maybe two. <laughs> But, but it was such him. a funny character. Like, I would love to see whatever Cupid they picked dealing with them too and watching, you know, keep missing because Mary is a hunter and that's John the, is an ex-Marine. That's the real prequel is just following Cupid. <laughs> it's like a, We just follow Cupid through his various adventures and then he's just like, ah, crap. These two giving me he a run to go for back for more arrows because he keeps missing. <laughs> Everybody's falling in love around them who aren't supposed to. I hope Robbie Thompson's taking notes. Um, <laughs> clearly, that would be Robbie. If if you're listening, we're waiting on our check. We're yeah, waiting yeah, yeah. On our check, sir. If Cupid shows up, we'll know where you got the idea from. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean the other the other theory that I kind of have that is a bit out there, but who knows? Maybe it's true. I get the sense that there are some key differences between this world that we're being presented with and the world that we thought we knew. And that can be explained, you know, it can be explained by a lot of our knowledge coming from Dean and Sam who are biased because they were children when a lot of this stuff was going down and or not even born yet. And so all of their knowledge is secondhand, all of it's coming through other people. So that could certainly be why there's these huge, huge differences and certainly why Dean's interested in finding out what the true story was. But I also think that the differences are key enough that we could be talking about an alternate universe. And dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. I love this AU theory so much. <laughs> and I just it's I a think good theory. I perhaps I read too much fan fiction where alternate universes are just like the name of the game. But I do think it would be kind of interesting if it's like we're in this alternate universe where John does know about hunting and does know about the men of letters. And how does that change the future? How does that change how life goes down if he knows about these things, if he and Mary know each other? And, and, you know, it seems like in the trailer, as much as they, you know, have kind of a a dislike of each other or, you know, (laughs) punching each other in the face repeatedly for (laughs) content, um, they don't seem to be like hating each other. Like, I don't get the sense from them that they like despise each other immediately or something like that. So I, I don't know. Like, I feel like it could just be like an alternate version of them. And maybe that's dumb and maybe that'll get proved wrong within like two seconds of opening the episode, but I don't know. I think it's a good one. Ghost theory. <laughs> Kennedy. I respect it. I appreciate it. 
Um, Jules's theory actually spawned one of my own, which I feel like isn't that out there, but I'm like of the firm mindset that they're not just going to do like a little mind wipe moment. It, like that's too easy. That's been done so many times in different contexts in the show. And like Brianna was saying, when we discussed this earlier, that's honestly lazy writing. I don't. It is. I'm sorry, but just no, you're not a mind wrong. wipe is so lazy. Like there's so many better ways. If Especially you're going to show that that's like called, you know, based around the supernatural, like there are yeah. endless options out there and you're just going to do a mind wipe. Come on. Which is exactly why I don't think it's going to happen, especially with the crazy twists that Jensen has been uh, dangling in front of our faces. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so intrigued. I am so intrigued. But one of my theories, this is one of the lesser unhinged ones, I think, uh, is that uh, uh, upon that same vein of John and Mary, you know, we kind of see there's like they don't hate each other, but it doesn't really seem like, you know, they hit it off right off the bat. There's also, this could just be us shipping other characters as as we do, but us it seems ship other characters? like John and Latika have some energy going on. Maybe that's just me. I will Maybe ship just me. anything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, anything I agree with you, though, like truly, but I agree with you. Like, I think that they're the way that they edited that trailer. They're almost setting it up like a classic CW love triangle almost. Like there's the choice that's a little bit easier because Latika is like very cute and very sweet, you know, um, whereas I don't know that uh, <laughs> that Mary has that same vibe as much as I love Mary. I don't know that she's like that, like kind of retiring wallflower at all. Um, and I feel like it could be an interesting juxtaposition to have them kind of be going after each other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it'd be kind of cool to give a little bit of a twist in the story like that. Instead of a just cut and dry, they got together. Exactly. So I was thinking if they don't get together, like maybe we know there's some weird time stuff going on. Maybe the angels have to intervene. Maybe a timeline mm-hmm. resets. Maybe, you know, that breaks off something in the timeline. Time travel is very mumbo jumbo <laughs> and supernatural. I don't it's, think there are a lot of mumbo jumbo anywhere. It. I this is my one fear about them really using time travel as a plot device is that it will just become incomprehensible to me and you two <laughs> will have to sit here with like an outline and be like Jules stop being so stupid. This is how <laughs> this is possible and I'll just be sitting there rocking in a corner like I don't understand. Am I going to have to make another that? Twitter thread like I did for Nancy Drew? <laughs> oh my god, Brianna is like I don't even know what kind of plane of existence Brianna is on. For those of you who may not know, the CW has another show called Nancy Drew that has like a very messed up like timeline. And Brianna literally sat there and watched every single episode and was like making notations on like dates on newspaper clippings or like what days were crossed off on calendars and like the background and managed to like put together a timeline of the entire series. So if anyone's going to walk me through time travel on the Winchester, it's going to be you. <laughs> it's going to be Brianna. Listen, Brianna. when I hyper fixate on something, I do it full force. <laughs> As evidenced by this podcast, because when have any of us ever been able to enjoy something normally? <laughs> if my brain is not exhibiting uh, abnormal levels of dopamine that I am deriving from this, I don't want it. It has to be extra. It has to be over the top. It's it, That's just how it works. Exactly. What's the point of loving something if you don't immediately like nerd out about it? That's That's how I feel. 
Are you even a fan if you're not starting are a podcast? Are you even a fan? <laughs> we kid, we kid. There are many ways to fan. This is just one of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be so, so interesting to really see how the men of letters plays into all this, because that's kind of the connection between the original show and this show is this really shadowy kind of organization that like, we know some things about, but there's a lot that's still very shrouded in mystery. And there's a lot that we don't know about how it was connected to the Winchesters and how it was connected to the Campbells, which are the two big families that we're going to be dealing with a lot on this show. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I'm kind of, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Any last thoughts before we wrap it up and talk a little bit about what our next episode is going to be about? I'm kind of wondering, like, I don't know. Are they going to, I wonder if we're going to see the Campbells. That's, you don't have to include this. It's just a throwaway thought. We don't really see them mentioned. I mean, um, but you got to think about it. When they made the trailer, they've only had the pilot content to operate off of. Mm-hmm. I think it's also, very much, I'm sure they have a general idea of where they want to go with season one, but I can't imagine mm-hmm. they put a ton of energy into coming up with the full storyline and everything flushed out if they weren't sure they were getting the series. They almost certainly have an outline. I would think to pitch it to the network, they have an yeah, outline like, for where they want, most. like where they want the season to go, like the main points that they want to hit. But then you're also hiring a writer's room. You're hiring the team to work with Robbie because obviously Robbie's not writing every single episode. Like there's just, there's just no, no way. As, as superhuman as he is, there's just no way. <laughs> only. If only. But, you know, at the same time, like I, I think that they know where they want to go. I think they are respectful of canon enough to know that at least for plot, they kind of have to have certain stuff mapped out ahead of time or it's just going to turn into a big, like, spaghetti, like, crazy, like, weird timeline what stuff. So I, doing? So, what are we yeah. doing? But yeah, I think that they, they have to have at least a plan for where, where I think they want the end of the season to end up. And then whether they know beyond that is, you know, a question for later. But I, I think they have at least season one pretty well. I just think out. it would be cool if they roped in the Campbell somehow. I feel like that would be well, sort they of have to. twist they have that. To. Because in the trailer, Mary is also looking for Samuel. He yeah. is also conveniently disappeared. This is the show of disappearing dads, apparently. But <laughs> daddy <laughs> like... issues. Supernatural <laughs> daddy issues. <laughs> but we really did. I mean, again, we have to keep saying this is a three minute trailer that we've obviously yes. dissected within an inch <laughs> of its life. But it probably like didn't even I mean, anticipate that level of like. Are we really surprised that we're clinging to the three minute trailer this hard? It's the only content we have. It's the only new content we've had for this show in years. Yeah. Come on, they we have to dissect every single second. They know how we are. <laughs> they know how we are. If you're here listening with us, I guarantee you're just as unhinged as we are. Welcome. Yes. Yes. Welcome. <laughs> we support you. <laughs> we support you. We love you. We see you. Send us your theories on on Twitter. Oh or my gosh! Instagram. Please do. If you have a smarter theory than any of us, which I'm certainly you will, please feel free to send it. I don't think we'll it's that hard. To, to <laughs> it's not that hard to top us. Really, just go for it. Um, and then yeah. So the fun part is that we're going to keep these deep dives going. Um, our August deep dive is going to be John Winchester. So we're going to look a little bit into the canon surrounding him. Um, some of the sort of like theories that have surrounded him throughout the show. Um, I think that's going to be actually genuinely a really interesting dive because I think so many people have so many different perspectives on John and have different kind of ideas of what kind of a person he is and what he knew and when. 
So I think it's going to be really cool to kind of break that down and really talk about what he's going to be like on this show versus what he was like on the main show. Um, Cause he'll be younger and he'll be a little bit more innocent. So it'll be interesting, interesting to see that going forward. So yeah, you have that to look forward to in August. Um, and then our September deep dive before the show premieres will be the one, the only Mary Campbell. And I'm sure we'll also sprinkle in by that point, we'll have at least synopses. One episodes. would hope. Um, and then in we theory. can just, yeah, in theory, but then we can just dissect those to death. Um, ideally by then we might have some set photos that we can also dissect to death. Really the general theme as we get closer to the premiere is just going to be us <laughs> dissecting everything within an inch of its life um, for any information. But yeah. Any last thoughts? We now have an Instagram. Please go follow our Instagram. Self-plug. Yay! Self-plug. And that is at SPN on the road pod. Um, that's the same as our Twitter, um, which you can also definitely give us a follow over there. Please feel free to message us, tag us um, in your unhinged theories. We would love to see them. It will make us feel less alone. Um, or if you have questions that you want us to like look into or address, like if you're like, hey, did this really happen on the show? We can find out for you and might take a second, but it will be interesting to kind of see um, what we can answer before the show even premieres. Well, that's our show for this week. Be sure to check back soon for our next episode, a deep dive into John Winchester. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SPN on the road pod and make sure to head over to nerds and beyond for all your nerdy news. This week's episode was edited by Jules Thompson and produced by Brianna Lester, Kennedy Lynch, and Jules Thompson for Nerds and Beyond. Our theme music is by Kennedy Lynch. 